Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Dr. Katina Sawyer, and welcome to Thriving at Work, a Worker Being podcast. You can learn more about us on our website, workerbeing.com, or on social media, or we'd love for you to check out our community. It's a lot of fun, and it's a great way to support us. You can find more details at workerbeing.com community. So today, we are going to be talking about what influences your motivation to work as you start to near retirement age. So Mm. we haven't really talked about this before, and I think it's an interesting topic to learn more about what promotes people actually wanting to continue working once they get older. Um, And so in the spirit of this question, I or this article, the question that I was thinking about (laughs) is when you think about your life, and this comes into play in the article as well. Like, what age do you see yourself right now, like, retiring? Ooh, what age? Oh, man, that's a hard I know, question. isn't it hard? Yeah. I was stumping myself with it earlier. Because <laughs> I was thinking, like, you know, I think the, the traditional age of, like, 60, 65 sounds, like, good. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, I hope I'm healthy and will I get bored? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, obviously I like, I want to travel and do all that kind of stuff when I retire, but I feel like I'd still want like to have a little bit of a foot in the door to work in some capacity. So I don't know. I'm just going to say 63. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good pick. <laughs> we'll follow back up with you in like 30 or a little less than 30 years and see if you're still there. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking about this too. And actually this um, academic who I really, really like and admire, Jane Dutton, she just did a very, I felt exit that was something to sort of think about in the vein of what you said too, of having sort of your foot in it. She, I think, officially retired when she was in her late 60s, but she still continued teaching one class that she really, really loves, and she ran the um, Center for Positive Organizations, or she was like the faculty person that was very heavily involved with the Center for Positive Organizations at University of Michigan as well. So I feel like she made like a formal exit when she was like, feeling still like she was like fully contributing to everything and like engaged, but didn't want to like ride it out to the point that people were like, when is this person going to be gone? You know what I mean? Like she didn't like overstep it, but, Mm -hmm. um, but she held on to a couple things that she really, really loved. Um, and that kind of, she did those for like several more years and now she's like really phasing out, um, now that she's like in her early seventies. Um, and I kind of thought that seemed nice. Uh, she was able to sort of keep doing stuff to keep her like, self-active and going um but kind of got rid of the stuff that was maybe more of a pain yeah that sounds like a really good way to go right like figure out what you really want to do and like focus on that a little bit like I was just thinking you know of course in my brain I was like okay so we're in our 60s worker being is the best and the best everyone has like read our book and it's all cool and there's all this great stuff that we're doing and like would I want to leave that or would I want to do something kind of like what you just described? Maybe it's, you know, several years of like mentoring the, our replacements or yeah. something. 
Yeah, it's interesting that you said that too because um, something else that she did now that she's like fully phased out. So she taught the last semester of that class and um, she's like done with any kind of like formal role, I think, um, in the center. She's turned her attention now to mentoring um, young female academics. And she just does that on her own like spare time. And I and I That's was cool. I'm happy that she has picked to do that for me it's been really nice but like it's not anything paid anymore now she's just like this is my sort of contribution to give back but it keeps her kind of like in it but it's all on her own time and she can like she has tons of flexibility now which obviously at like you know the end of your career is a positive thing because you're like kind of flipping uh your focus uh so I think this is an interesting idea and something that people don't you never told us your age well, that's what I think. I think like 60, I think like 68, but then like continuing to do like something for like five more years. Okay. That's kind of what she did. Yeah. I, I feel, feel like, like that's kind of what I would do. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? No, I, I like that. I, I totally like that. I think I just apparently want to phase a little bit earlier than you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's average it out. And then we have the retirement age, basically. Um, <laughs> True. So, yeah. So... Um, this article is all about what keeps people motivated to work once they get near retirement age. And, um, so I have kind of three takeaways that I'll lay out there and then we can unpack each of them. So the first is that your motivation to continue working matters for your health and well-being. Meaning that if you are motivated and you actually enjoy what you're doing and you want to keep working because you just like what you do, that actually has positive effects on your mental and physical health. So the idea that you should want to keep working for those reasons, not for reasons that are unrelated to the fact that you like what you're doing, um, is a good thing. Like we should try to promote the idea that more people should wish to keep working because they're actually super engaged with their job. So that's the first takeaway is like this motivation is pretty important um, for your health and well-being. So we should find ways to support it in the research. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, well, we'll unpack it. Go. What's number two? (laughs) Yeah. So the second one is that your beliefs about your age matter for your motivation. So they say that, you know, age is just a number. It's in your mind. This article kind of tests that idea and finds that to some extent that's actually true, that the way you think about how people age actually matters for your own level of motivation when you get to that time period about whether or not you feel um, the motivation to continue working for these kind of positive reasons. So you kind of are what you think you are in a way. Okay. Okay. Well, again, I'll, I, I keep wanting to dive into things now, but no, (laughs) number three, what is number three? (laughs) And the third takeaway is that the reason why your beliefs about what your age means or what aging means matters because they impact something that we're going to talk about which is unpacked in this article, but other researchers have talked about it, which is called occupational future time perspective, which is basically a fancy way of saying 
how do you think about the time that you have left in your job? So the way you think about age in general impacts the way that you think about your own future time that you have left in your job, which ultimately impacts your motivation to continue working for these positive reasons. Um, And sort of the main takeaway of all three is that I'm going to try to uh, argue for here and that this research argues for is that if you change your beliefs about what aging means for you, you can actually change your motivations and your outcomes from a well-being perspective from working when you get to that age. I love it. That sounds awesome. And I yeah. totally remember that concept, that last one you mentioned from, I think, grad school. I remember reading those articles about that and I was like, oh, this, I like the... I don't know why I like the title of that concept, but anyways, so let's dive in deeper. Tell me more about, I already forgot what takeaway number one was. Tell me more about it. Yes. So the first one is that your motivation to continue working matters for your health and well-being. So this is pretty straightforward, but it's kind of important to know that there are lots of reasons why people might continue to work. So you might continue to work because you need money, right? So financial insecurity. There are also reasons people might stop working, like I'm not healthy enough to keep working. Um, Those reasons to stop working or keep working are actually not reasons that help you with your well-being. What actually helps you with your well-being is engaging in work that you like to do for reasons that you actually enjoy and not because you feel like you have to and stopping work when you feel like you're not motivated to do it anymore not for reasons outside of your control like I'm not healthy enough so the end goal is basically to say that when you get to retirement age you or around retirement age you're thinking about retirement that you would say well actually I would prefer to continue to work because I get something satisfying out of it And so my motivation to continue working matters for my health and well-being because that actually has positive effects on my mental and physical health if I'm engaging in work from that perspective. Okay. So, I mean, it makes a lot of sense that obviously if you retire because you're not healthy, not so great. Um, And then working for financial reasons is obviously also not great because you want to have that security and stability so that you can feel comfortable regardless of what happens, you know, towards the end of your life. Um, but it sounds like if you find that passion or, you know, your passions evolve over time as well. But if you're able to like continue finding passion in the work that you do, that you end up doing better in the long run. So the whole like idea that we've talked about before about passion and, you know, finding meaning in your work sounds like that kind of carries out over your entire career and can impact your wellness at the end of your career as well, because you're now like continuing to work from a passion place and feeling that like positivity towards your work. Exactly. Exactly. So ideally we would have a society of people who would feel motivated to engage in their work because they really want to, not because they feel like they have to because of finances and that the only thing that might stop them from engaging their work would be health-related reasons, which would be not great for their well-being because they'd be kept from those things, but that they wouldn't feel like, you know, the reason I need to stop working is because I just don't like this and I want to be done, right? So um, 
this is basically the goal that you would say, well, it wouldn't be so bad for me to continue doing this job because I actually enjoy it. So the basic take home point of this is it's important for us as a society to try to find ways to to grow older workers true motivation for their work and to understand what leads to that which is sort of the next two takeaways so a quick question yeah what if I so you know interestingly we pick different ages right to retire and part of the motivation for the age I chose was the idea of having way more flexibility and like doing more travel and doing all these other mm-hmm. things did they address that like if I left because I had a different passion I was trying to pursue how that impacted their well-being yeah, they didn't look at that. Um, and I think probably what they would say is that if you're pursuing a passion, whether you're paid for it or not, it might have a similar impact. Um, I think they're really interested in people pursuing the idea that people pursue their passion through their work is one primary way that people get meaning out of their lives. But I don't know that they would necessarily say that you couldn't get meaning out of other things. Um, so I'm not sure. They didn't address that. Uh, they were really interested in looking at the extent to which people kind of get meaning out of their work. Although I do think that they might also say, based on some of the literature review that was in here, that work is a primary source of meaning for people. So if you got meaning from something else, it could be like a ton of meaning and maybe that replaces it. Or it could be that there's still something like missing from feeling like productive and contributing to society in that way. Um, I'm not sure because they didn't look at it, but I think there could be potential nuance to that. Yeah, yeah. That'll be interesting. Well, anybody that wants to research this, there's your question. Yeah. What happens if you love your job, but you also have other things you want to do and therefore you leave? Yes, correct. Um, so... But if people are going to stay in their jobs um, or if we're trying to understand like what helps people to have positive outcomes from staying in their jobs, it seems like this true motivation to do the job is something we should figure out how to predict and understand. So with that in mind, from the second piece of things, the beliefs that people have about their age matter for their motivation And they matter more than actually the health that you're in, your actual just like concrete age, or your uh, financial status. So they matter. So these attitudes about what it means to get older actually matter more for your motivation to continue working from this perspective than um, other things do that you would think might affect that motivation. Um, And so it's these very specific beliefs called essentialist beliefs about aging. And so these beliefs are things that have to do with whether or not you think of aging as being something that's like fixed, like a person's age biologically determines what they're able to do. Like aging is an irreversible process that can't be influenced. Like when you get older, you just get older and there's nothing anyone can do about it and you can't go backwards so you're just old now and that's it right um versus this idea that age is just a number age doesn't tell you much about what a person can do you can always influence your own aging like you can decide whether or not you're gonna let yourself get a little older in terms of like your mind and your body or not 
Um, and so when people have these like fixed beliefs, like you get older and that's it versus, you know, aging is a continuum. Different people age differently. The things that I do today could influence how I age tomorrow. That actually impacts your motivation. So when people feel like age is malleable and have this belief that age is malleable, they are more likely to have this motivation to continue working that's coming from a pure place because it's not being interfered with by these ideas that like, well, I'm just older and so I need to stop working because I just can't anymore or there's something about me that's making me less capable of doing that. And I think that makes a lot of intuitive sense, right? Like you're, if you're thinking about, you know, aging in this very static way, then you're basically creating a roadblock for yourself. Like I can't do this because of X reason and that's Mm -hmm. it. And so you don't try like all the research that we've talked about around things like hope and resilience and what have you, you know, it's all about like try a different path, do something, you know, differently to address whatever challenge might be you're facing. So, you know, obviously you can't reverse aging in the sense that you will never be, I'm never going to be 15 again. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) that doesn't mean I can't feel youthful and do things to try to make myself more active, et cetera, um, and, you know, keep my mind sharp, what have you. Like, there's things you can do to make it better um, to an extent, of course. Like, you know, you can't control everything. But it makes sense that, like, if you think no matter what, by the time I'm, you know, 50, my eyesight's going to get worse. By the time I'm 60, I'm going to have hip pain. By the time I'm whatever, um, then you're going to kind of just fall into that and just accept that versus figuring out how to get around it. Yeah. And all that's, that's definitely true that you have like maybe a different even lead up to that point um, in terms of thinking about like how you're preparing yourself for that time period. They also were talking about how um, it just changes your idea of like, hey, like, what's your motivation to continue going? Like you could be like, you know, I love what I do, but I'm just getting too old to be able to do it anymore. Versus someone that's like, I love what I do and why couldn't I keep doing it? Right. And so even over your actual health, like I mentioned, concrete age income, these beliefs about like what older people can and can't do really influence the extent to which people are able to find that motivation for what they do anymore or if they kind of get in their own way. Um, So I thought that was super interesting. And something Mm -hmm. that I thought was even more interesting in this study was that they had one study where they actually just measured the extent to which people believed these things and then looked at the influence on motivation. But they had another study where they actually had people read something that promoted beliefs about older people being not changeable. So they had them read this um, uh, like newspaper article that basically said like aging is a process that's set in stone and then talked about scientific evidence for that. Um, And then they had them read this other article that was like age is just a number and talked about how um, age is malleable and you can change your trajectory based on your lifetime lifestyle choices. And just having people read those two different articles actually produce differing levels of motivation to continue working. So I think something that's kind of interesting is that when we think about what we expose ourselves to, conversations, people in our friend circles, people in our family circles, what we're reading, what we're seeing, 
it actually makes a difference for whether or not we end up being motivated to keep going um, from like this positive place. So if you feel like you're in a circle of people that are constantly talking about the downsides of being old or talking about all the things that they're experiencing as being older and like negativity around getting older, you can actually get yourself into a mindset that's overly negative about being older that can then make you like lose steam for things you care about. So that to me was really interesting that it's not only something that you kind of hold, but it's something that can be influenced by what you read and hear. It makes sense. It's kind of like this perception of, you know, body image, like all these different things are so influenced by the society around us Mm -hmm. and age. I mean, age is just another one of those, right? Like just even think about like anti-aging creams and Botox and blah, 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 because youth is valued. And so that's like, there's, I'd be curious even just societally if we're all a little bit programmed to think aging is bad, right? Um, Because of everything that we absorb, everything that we hear, everything that we listen to, that even if we don't believe it, even if you look at an ad for an anti-aging cream and you're like, oh, it doesn't matter what you look like when you age, you still see it and it starts to impact how you think and feel. Um, And so I'm not really surprised that if we, that it's fairly easy to manipulate. So it's figuring out how to ground yourself in the positive belief system around age so that you can reap the benefits of it, even when you're surrounded by you're going to always have friends or family members or media that's going to tell you that aging isn't the best. Yeah, I think that um, you're right. There are so many societal messages that we get about aging, what we can do, what we should look like, what we, you know, what signals there are that you're getting older. You know, like we're so attuned to that because we're such a youth centric society in the U.S. Um, I really think that you know, that's a great point and kind of snapping yourself out of that and maybe like having conversations with people who you admire, who kept going and doing things outside of this retirement age phase that you really think would be beneficial to learn from and talk to, like having those conversations and keeping in touch with those people or even just reading about those people can actually maybe make a difference in terms of your own motivation and ability to continue moving forward um, with your work and remembering what you like about it instead of saying, well, you know, maybe this is something I'm really passionate about, but I just feel like it's probably time for me to hang up my hat because who knows what will happen now that I'm older or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. I feel like you just need to watch like Grace and Frankie or like look at things that Jane Fonda has done. Yeah, life. true. <laughs> and then you're just like, oh, I could do things. She's like right. in her 80s. And yeah is so active in so many ways that I feel it and, you know, has a great show about embracing aging basically. Right. Um, anyways, it just always comes to mind when I think about like, what can I be like in my eighties? And I'm like, I want to be Jane Fonda in my eighties. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so like spending more time reading about people like that, watching stuff that they do. If you know people in your life like that, talking to people like that, And just getting yourself infused with this idea that age is a number as opposed to when people get older, they're sort of destined to continue to do less and less over time. Um, That that actually seems to matter for what you end up doing, which is kind of interesting. So when people say age is just a number, 
and it's more about your mentality than your actual age um there's some truth to that based on this research that (laughs) your mindset does matter in predicting what you do and how you feel about your work um so that brings me to the third piece which is that your beliefs about your age matter because they impact this idea of occupational future time perspective and <laughs> that's the word occupational future time perspective it's like such a mouthful but like in the funniest way to me I don't know I why know. like future time perspective I know <laughs> I know I we we definitely could condense this name but um I love it so much though. yes it's <laughs> we they call it in the article OFTP so we could do that here but um <laughs> because it is so long but um basically when you believe that age is just a number It makes you more flexible in three different areas that matter for your occupational future time perspective. And when you are more essentialist, it makes you less flexible in these areas. So the areas of the occupational future time perspective are first (laughs) your perceived remaining time. So how much time do you think is possible for you to have left in your employment. So that's pretty straightforward. It impacts whether or not you think like, hey, it's possible that I could work for another 10 years or "Mm, no, for someone of my age, it's probably impossible that I could do that. Um, So one is just like, what do you think is a possibility for the amount of time that you could potentially spend in employment? Um, So that one I think is like pretty clear. But the next two are kind of interesting or maybe a little bit more novel than what you would think. So that the next one is focus on opportunities. So are you setting new work related goals? Are you actually thinking that it's possible for you to achieve new goals? Do you have ideas about what this phase of your career could look like? What sorts of interesting things you could do? So People who are higher on this think more of, oh, I have all this great experience and knowledge and ability to pass this on to somebody else. I should use this time period to do something with that as opposed to I'm slowing down. I have less to offer and I continuously have less to offer. Individuals who are higher on this like malleability belief see themselves as having these like possibilities for doing more different sorts of things. So they set new goals for themselves as opposed to like taking goals away. So it's like, um, I mean, it, it's related, obviously, to thinking that you have more time because that's like there are goals that I'm setting that are in the future that I'm going to work to reach. And it also is tied to like what we've been talking about, right, with this whole idea and concept that like instead of buying into like you can't teach an old dog new tricks, right, you're like, I can always learn. I'm continuing to grow. And it's not like you've stopped because you're at a certain point in your life. Right. And like, I have something really interesting to offer still that might put me on a different path. So we were talking about this like mentoring idea before too, right? That folks might say, well, at this stage of my career, I have a lot of advice to offer, guidance to offer. So my new goal is to help younger people in the workforce to learn from my experiences. That's a new kind of goal that you didn't have before, but it's still a goal that can be really engaging and interesting but if you have these more limiting beliefs about age, you're not going to think about ways that you can use your skills and experiences to set new goals. You're going to start more checking goals off than adding more goals, if that makes sense. 
kind of um, checking the boxes of what's left. Yep, exactly. Instead of adding new boxes, you're sort of getting rid of things until the list is done. The last piece is a greater focus on limitations for people who have more of this essentialist focus. So this is sort of the negative side or, or a greater focus on the negative, which is this sort of honing in on things you can't do anymore or constraints that you have in the occupational future. So people have more essentialist beliefs are more likely to focus on what they're no longer capable of doing. So I don't know. Let's just say that you have some physical pain and that means that you're unable to sit in a desk chair for eight hours a day anymore. Someone who's higher on essentialist beliefs would say, well, you know, I would maybe love to keep working, but I just can't sit in that chair anymore. My body hurts too much. And they would harp on that restriction. Somebody else might say, well, you know, age is just a number. And yeah, maybe I have this physical limitation, but I can find a workaround for that. I can figure out how to make this happen. So they're not as focused on the restrictions and they're more focused on finding solutions or ways around those restrictions and not honing in on the can't but they're more focused on the what can I still do or what can I do that's different now that might be valuable. That's interesting because I feel like it's like a good lesson for everybody listening because we know that people have different levels of ability across the age spectrum. So if all of a sudden you have a hard time sitting at your desk as you've aged, there are probably people that are younger than you that have had that problem too. And they've worked around it and they're continuing to move forward. Right. So thinking about any restrictions or challenges like that as just like what they are, a restriction or a challenge that you can overcome, like making, like knowing that there are solutions around it. And if you were 20, 30, 40 years younger, you would probably have been working on those solutions and not like giving up on them just because of your age. Yeah, I definitely think that's right. And it is about that mindset, right? So thinking about what are you, what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on what you can't do now compared to other people? Are you focusing on what you can do that's interesting and different that you couldn't do before or what you can do that's still similar to what other people are doing? Um, So I think, you know, when we're thinking about sort of the usage or how to bring these together, I think they link really nicely And what I would say is that don't get locked into thinking about age as a number. Like we mentioned before, spend time talking to, reading about, and learning more about people who have continued to achieve goals and make an impact in their lives after retirement age. Really make sure you're getting exposed to that kind of information and not sort of focusing your social circle on individuals who have more of a fixed mentality. Um, And I also think if you're a manager, not promoting these essentialist ideas about age because you're not just impacting one person or yourself, right? You're impacting whoever hears you talking about things this way or sees people thinking about other individuals who are older in the workplace that way. So the environment that you create could actually shape and impact older employees' motivations to keep going. That limits their possibilities and potential, which isn't great for the workplace, but has a broader reach than you might think because these aren't just inborn beliefs. These are influenceable by the environment. So I would say attend to your influences and attend to the influence that you're making on your work environment as well. 
And don't forget that age discrimination is illegal too. Yes, so. true. So, you know, think about if you're going to be like, if you're thinking about harping about things like on things like that, like also think about the fact that maybe that's just something we don't talk about at work. We don't like go and go off on like how aging sucks or something. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. I mean, definitely, definitely not overt stuff for sure. And then more subtle things, you know, even talking about, how do you talk about your relatives at work or something? So if you're like, oh, you know, I'm going to visit my grandma this weekend. She's 80. She's so old. You know what I mean? Like even something that's <laughs> not related to someone there, but putting it in people's minds that there's a certain stereotype or a certain um, like limitation to the capacity of people once they hit a certain age because of their age can actually influence how people think of themselves and their own mentality uh for their work so I think yeah just think about how you're thinking about it and also give some conscious effort to not promoting a workplace that would diminish older workers employees to want to keep going from a positive place in the work they do I love it this is so interesting like it's such a good topic and it's, I mean, I wouldn't say an easy thing to address, right? We, like we talked about, we're bombarded with messages all the time. But if you keep it top of mind, I think it is fairly simple to help yourself and to help others around you get out of this kind of stuck, fixed mindset. Yeah. I mean, in the study, it just took one article that people read to influence their motivation. So imagine if you were, um, you know, consuming this information more frequently. So I think that um, I, I was really inspired by this article for myself and hope that other folks out there attend more, especially individuals who might be headed more towards that age to think about what their influences are. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing. This is great. Super interesting. Hope um, everyone out there can take this and apply it right away. Do something with it. Um, thanks so much for listening. And again, if you want to find us, you can find us on our website, workerbeing.com, on social media at workerbeing. And you can join our community at workerbeing.com slash community. Thanks for listening. Thriving at Work is hosted by us. Dr. Patricia Grabarek and Dr. Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson.